invited to get your Bibles out or your Bible app and go to today's reading, which is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. There are Bi- if you don't have a Bible with you or a phone that has a Bible app, there are Bibles in the back of the seats. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Rather, they put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Give us just a moment. So we're going to Rochambeau to see the preacher today. Thank you, Dave. Kathy for laughing. <laughs> Did you guys know that Rochambeau was actually a real guy? He was a French general. Do you know who recruited him to help us be independent? Lafayette. Rochambeau was a, a Navy admiral, mm-hmm. and uh, next month we will celebrate our independence from England because they will have won the Battle of Yorktown. And there ends our history lesson for today. <laughs> so I'm Amy, in case you haven't met me yet. I'm Amy, I'm the pastor here, and this is Stuart. And we worked together, and we offered a sermon together last week, and it went over so well, we decided to do it again. I'm just kidding. We actually already had it planned to do these two together. Uh, and we're really glad to be here today. No, but we shouldn't, like, let them think that we, like, oh, it went really well. Let's <laughs> do it again. I think we should pray. Let's pray. <laughs> Gracious and loving God. May the words of our mouths and the meditation of all of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight this morning, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. So I said it in the last service. I'm going to say it again in this service. Sometimes we hear the sound of kids in worship, and that is a good thing. It was a little bit louder today. You may hear from some of your friends at 915, but that is because we had new kids in the service, and they're learning how to be in church. And so we celebrate the sounds of children in worship together. Okay, tell me a story, Stuart. Once upon a time. I think I was like in sixth or seventh grade, so my birthday's in October, so I was like maybe 11 or 12, 12, 13 maybe, and uh, so we're talking like late 70s, early 80s, and there's one thing, well, a couple things, but uh, there's a couple sports that UTEP is really good at, and one of them is basketball. 
in this particular year, on this particular night, UTEP is number five in the nation and is undefeated at 16-0. So we are on national TV, which back in the day was, you know, CBS, ABC, NBC, that was it. And we're on national TV playing this game, and I am at home alone. I'm at home alone in a three-story, 100-year-old home. So when a light gust of wind blew outside, you would hear the house creak <laughs> and moan. So it's winter. There's a little gust outside. There's sounds. I mean, I'm, I was born and raised in this house. There's sounds that I'm like kind of questioning uh, as it is already in my head. And uh, Fred Reynolds gets an uh, offensive rebound. He's going to take up a, another shot. And all of a sudden, everything electrical in the entire house, lights, TV, and everything go out. And then they go on. Freaking out. And so uh, with the television turned up really loud, I'm like running around the house trying to see what's going on. And, and I just, the only conclusion that I could come up with is that it must have been a power surge. And then as I'm settling down in front of the TV again, all of a sudden the lights go out. And I hear the house groan because, you know, like a light gust of wind blows up against it. And I am just like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what's going on. And so I'm trying to calm myself down and trying to just pay attention to the game. And all of a sudden, the lights go out again, and they stay off. So Jesus said, you are the light of the world. It's the second statement of identity that Jesus makes about his followers in two verses. In verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth. So last week, we talked about how salt was used to make plates that would ignite the fire to cook the food in Jesus' day. So when Jesus says you're the salt of the earth, he's not simply saying you add a little flavor to the world. He is saying you are called to bring life into your relationships, in your meaningful relationships, your casual relationships, your interactions with strangers. Jesus says you are the salt of the earth. And then without so much as a breath, you are the light of the world. Now remember, these statements, they come from the Sermon on the Mount, which is found in chapters 5 through 7 of Matthew. And in these teachings to the disciples and to the larger crowd, Jesus is taking the law of Moses, the law of God, and making it practical. He's saying this is what it means to love God and love neighbor. This is what it means to follow me. And so it's in this context that Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So let's read those verses again. You can open your Bible. You can use your Bible app. We'll just start with verse 14 right now from Matthew 5. Verse 14. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. People do not put a lamp, do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. They do not light a lamp and put it under a bushel basket. Rather, they put it on the lamp stand and it gives light to all of the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to God in heaven. So last week we talked about, um, you know, the typical house of this time and about the courtyard outside 
um, in this Mediterranean world, the, the style of house. We're talking about the homes of peasants, ordinary people, and average poor people. Uh, the whole setup looked like something like this. And so it's in a U-shape. It's, it's not a big U-shape, so meaning like this room could probably encompass the whole entire house. All the rooms and everything in this house could probably fit in this room along with a courtyard. And what's in the courtyard? You have the hearth that we talked about last week. Somehow the H got dropped off and it became earth. But it's the hearth, and that's where the cooking and the food prep is taking place. You receive your guests in this space. And then what's the big thing that happens at night? So when Jesus was talking about I am the gate, he's talking about this because across the front of it, you would put a gate down to keep your animals. You would, you would call them in, the sheep, the goats that you were herding. You would call them in, the, the chickens and all that kind of stuff. And so that's what's taking place in this house. The houses themselves are they're usually just one room or two room. That, that one was probably a three-room house. But like we pray, you know, our Father has gone before us to build a house with many rooms. It's based off of that model that rooms get added. So if I was to come to Amy and she was my mom and Jason, my dad, I would say, like, hey, I'm getting married. They would say, okay, fine. Go add on to the house. Go build a room onto the house for your, hus uh, for your wife, husband, whatever, partner. And, um, you know, go build on. And then when, when Jason deemed that room worthy, then that's when I could bring my partner to the house. And so uh, the, the courtyard served many purposes from greeting guests to protecting your livestock to uh, dinner time. Yes, and all of those purposes were reinforced inside the house. So even if the two rooms were connected, as Stuart was saying, or maybe even three if they were really wealthy, it was still an open floor plan. There weren't really any walls. And so the lamp would be set on a lampstand in the center of whatever the floor plan looked like so that it would cast light to the far corners. And so the people would sleep at the end of the house that was a little bit elevated, and then they would bring their animals in when it was cold toward the front of the house. But the lamp would be in the center. And it was the same idea with the city on the hill. The idea is if these houses, which were in U-shapes, they were at the edge of the village center. They weren't in town. They were outside of town. And if they were shining bright with their lamps at nighttime, then travelers on the outskirts would not miss the city. They would know where the city was located because the light would be piercing the night sky. There were no street lights, right? So it was all what was going on in the houses. So to some extent, what Jesus is saying here, and, and let's, he's asking people to change what it is that they're doing already, which is they're putting a, a bushel basket. They're putting some kind of container over the light to create a night light kind of effect. Think about that. You know, you want to go to sleep. But he's saying, no, 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 no. Put your light out so that it can be seen so that people can know that, like, safety is just ahead on my travels. The, the town is close. Or maybe those people can help me and will help me. Yeah, he wanted people to know that they weren't alone in the dark. And that was a really important point. So the bushel was used to put out the light, right? But Jesus is saying only do it when you're ready for the light to go out, right? When you want people to see, let your light 
shine. And the reason that that is so important, the important point here at that time was that that light and dark were considered to be enemies. It wasn't just the absence of light, darkness, like it is for us. You know, we, we see the dark, we're in the dark, and we know that we can turn on a light and the light will scatter the darkness. But for people in Jesus' day, dark was the presence of darkness. And darkness was equal to evil because so much was unknown in the dark. And we talked about several weeks ago how this analogy of light versus dark can be harmful for people of color because it can even unintentionally reinforce stereotypes and attitudes that ostracize people with darker skin. Now that experience may not make much sense to those of us who have light skin, And because that experience is not our own, we might struggle with that, but that doesn't mean we can ignore it. As I said a few weeks ago, if someone says, I'm hurt by this, we can't tell that person they're not. Now, that doesn't mean that we throw out the language of light and dark in our Bible. We'd have to do a lot of redacting if we did that, because light and dark is all over our holy text. What it means is that we have to keep that language in context. But that's what we're supposed to do with all of Scripture anyway. So when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, he's talking about a specific way of being in the world. So let's think about the salt. If, if to be salt in the world is to bring new life, to bring nourishment and new life so that all flourish, then to be light is to draw attention to God's presence and God's work in that life. To be light is to draw attention to God's presence and God's work in that life. So Jesus says in verse 16, in that same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see good works and give glory to God. Let your light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Wait, 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 wait. What, what does it mean? To let the light shine in us. What do, I, I don't understand. So last week we took this to a practical level and we said to engage is to be involved in our community in an important way. To be involved in the love of our community. So if to engage is to be involved, to be salt is to be engaged, to be involved, then to be light is to invite others to be a part of this community as well. So we're looking at it this way. To be salt is to engage, to be light is to invite Oh, so it's kind of like um, the Motel 6 commercial. We're going to leave the light on for you. That's right. We okay. leave the light on. So, um, beloved, it's we all's job to invite. We all. We all. We all. We all. We all. Not we all. <laughs> That's right. You, 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 you following me here? We all invite, not we all. You cannot leave it up to just Amy and I to be the only inviters in this church. So how do we uh, help you guys? Well, we set you up uh, with some cards. And and I'll admit, in haste... (laughs) Okay. I have misspelled the word. I did. I did. Me. Okay. I misspelled. So you can take a little black marker and 
We have more coming. It's okay. We have more coming. Those are misspelled too. Well, we'll reprint them. We'll reprint them. It'll be okay. Well, they great say. Great question. That is a great question, Chris. Thank Fernandez. you, Chris. They say you're invited. You're invited. That's what they say. <laughs> Dear Lord, <laughs> please give me grace. I don't know when I told the story, so I'm going to just draw a continent right here. You know okay. what? So we're trying to give you some, some help here. So in the last service, I used a perfect example because it's a really great story. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but everybody pretty much knows who Steve Georgie is. How can you not know Steve Georgie as Steve Georgie goes up and introduces himself to everybody with, I'm handsome. Space, isn't it this? Yeah. So anyways, Steve, we've equipped Steve with a silent uh, invitation, which is he's wearing his Morningstar t-shirt. He happens to go into a retail establishment and engages in a conversation. Somebody comes up and engages in a conversation with him based on his T-shirt, mm -hmm. and they have a conversation back and forth. The T-shirt did 50% of the work for Steve. Could we agree on that? If Steve could have reached into his pocket and pulled out an invite card and given it to the person, telling them, reminding them... See, this is now a physical reminder reminding them that here you're invited to Morningstar. Whether the card's misspelled or not, you're invited. Yeah, actually, I kind of love that. We will correct them and give you cards that are spelled correctly. But one of the things I hear over and over again about Morningstar is this is a place where real people are, where we do make mistakes and we understand we can meet each other where we are. And so we do have these cards for you, and we will share those with you during communion. You're invited to take them, and we have two versions. One has the blue logo, and one has the rainbow logo, they're both our logos, and you are invited to share it. They have our worship times on them, they have our website, our address, Augie's holding them up so you all can see. Um, and so this is a way to say you're invited to check out what's going on. And I would encourage you to do that over the next few weeks, just in your natural conversation, because things are going to come up. Somebody's going to say, wow, you're handling this really well. What's going on? And you can say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I connect at Morningstar. Or somebody might come out and ask you, do you have a church? Because people are looking. And so we want to equip you with this way to invite. And I would suggest that you invite them to something like the art camp that is coming up. Or the animal blessing on the first. Or the kid-friendly haunted house later in the month. Or when we get into Advent and Christmas, we will have all kinds of things going on like the hanging of the greens where we decorate the church together. We have our festival of pies and sweaters. We have all kinds of special services for Advent and Christmas. And you can invite them to Sunday morning too. Please do that. But one of the things that we've noticed is that sometimes coming to a new church for the first time on a Sunday morning is like going to someone else's family reunion. You don't know the rules. You don't know where to go. You, you don't know where not to sit, you know, because you don't want to be told that you need to move because that does happen 
in churches. And so it's great to invite people to things that are fun and different, and they can get a little bit of a sense of what we're about here at Morningstar. And so there are so many ways to shine the light of Jesus that is within you through an invitation to connect here at Morningstar. So like Amy said, we have many low bar events. Sunday, high bar events. But we have many low bar events where they can come and test drive Morningstar and kick the tires and find out that we are not somebody else's family reunion. We're actually everybody's family reunion. That's right. And everybody can come in and be a part of this. So to remind you of that today, mm-hmm. we are going to pass out these beautiful little glow sticks. And um, if you want to wear it as a bracelet, we have these little connectors um, that you can connect with them. We have these little connectors. (laughs) Did you guys see what I did there? Yes, we did. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It's okay. I'm I'm almost done. And we can take this back to the lab and (laughs) draw it up again. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, you guys need to fill out your Connect cards. I forgot to invite you all to do that. You can fill out your Connect cards right now. And uh, we invite everybody to do this every single week, whether you've been coming to church since last Sunday or if you've been coming to church last 37 years ago Sunday. We need you to fill out these cards because there's features on there for everybody, whether you're new or whether you're 150 Sundays new. It doesn't matter. You can you can fill them out and bring them up. When you bring them up during communion, Amy will be on that side. I'll be on this side. Has no significant meaning whatsoever. Um, and you just turn them in, and then we'll give you this glow stick so that you can go out into the world and either use it as a tool to invite people with the invite card, or you can just have it as a reminder that you are the light of the world. Yeah, and if you are receiving communion in your seat, then we'll bring those things to you as well. Being light for us is not about avoiding the darkness. It's about understanding that in the darkness, in the difficult times, in the scary times in life, God is with us. And then stepping into the brightness of the one who calls both himself and us the light of the world. Amen? Amen. What was going on with the lights? Finish that story. So lights went off on the third time, and they stayed off for, like, a little while. It wasn't like the on-off, like the last couple times before. They stayed off for a while, and I am freaking out. And finally, they went back on, and they stayed on through the rest of the night. And woke up the next day, and it was frustrating because my parents were like, you have to go through and, you know, program the VCR clock the flashing 12, and nobody ever knew how to do that. Well, I knew how to do that. Or the microwave oven, same thing. And I'm kind of out and about doing my chores outside when a friend of mine, David, came across the street and was like, hey, so how's it going? Did you have an interesting Saturday night? See, the power box was on the side of our back door, and he could flick it on and off like a light switch. It was not a very good friend. But it, it does teach us this lesson that often the unknown is not as scary as we think it is, right? Right. And it also teaches us that it's really easy to flick our light on for other people. It's great. David, thank you very much. 
We have come to the time in our service when we pray together. I want to remind you that Janet McQueen organizes our prayer email every week and more often if needed. And so please sign up for that. If you have not, just let me know and I can connect you with Janet. And if you have something to share, Janet is a good person to tell or you can tell me and I can tell Janet. We coordinate every Monday so that those emails are as up to date as possible. So you can kind of assume unless you tell me your prayer concern is public, we're not going to share it. So if you want it to be shared, you need to let us know that as well. So kiddos, in your worship bag, you will find your wooden cross. Andy's finding his. Brianna, do you have your cross? Does everybody have their crosses? The worship bags are in the back if you don't have them. You can hold it. Be reminded that you are connected with God and with our community as we pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the light of the world that has come for our benefit and our guidance. Jesus shines so brightly for us to learn ways of light, your ways. Help us to learn how to be the light, the true light in this world. Let your light shine brightly throughout our lives. Show us how we are to live, that our works may be the works of your light. Let us not grow weary in doing all the good things that you call us to do. Rather, joyfully carry them out through your spirit, buried deep within us. Your ways are a light to our path. Thank you, always, for showing us the way we are to walk. Help us to seek you out as we take each step. In Jesus' name we pray, by the power of the Holy Spirit, as we continue to pray in the way that Jesus taught his disciples, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. <laughs>